Rolling Sentences presents A Thieves Nightmare Part 4 An Odd Reminder While more information comes to light, it doesn't take long for things to start catching up to Dominique and Nico. This is a work of fiction. Any names, characters, businesses, events, and situations within this story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real people, real situations, real characters, real events, and or fictional events, characters, situations, and so on, was purely coincidental. Copyright 2022. Michael Henry. All rights reserved. Donard led them off the patio and quickly through the house, with the butler doing quick work on any doors that got in the way. They were back out on the driveway, and Nico wondered if they were being sent away while this man did research. But once onto the asphalt driveway, Donard had pivoted to his right, heading towards a nearby barn. Dominique seemed to be right beside the man, unbothered by all of this, but Nico kept an eye on things in these rolling hills in this area. He didn't feel comfortable even following these two. The only thing to distract himself was watching this butler scamper about and running ahead to get any doors open, and that included the barn doors, a sight that seemed quite off and comical, since it would take a minute or two for the man to open the door, and then close it, and then scurry ahead to them to open the door, and then wait for them to come through. It was all just silly. The smell of manure from the horses, who had long, wide stalls inside this barn, hit Nico. He didn't like it one bit, and took a step back. How could a place with only four stalls not smell like this and smell this bad? And weren't they supposed to be going to find information? How is going to a horse barn going to do that? The butler had scampered past him again towards one of the sport beams and began doing something to it. Nico couldn't tell what it was, but the dirt and straw floor that made up the hallway between these stalls the straw-strewn floor had sunk into the ground where Donard stood on the main aisle of this place. A second later, the butler was coming away from the support beam and hurrying to be the first down these set of stairs that appeared. They then followed. Down the stairs led to a small, narrow hallway that held laboratory-looking offices under this barn was a narrow hallway that held laboratory-looking offices on each side. Nico could see through them because of the glass walls that were inside, and gave that perspective, looking into them, to see what was going on, that what exactly it was, he couldn't tell. The scientists appeared to be busy testing things via test tubes that, as they walked past. Nico decided not to linger long, though, at looking at these as the likes of Donner and Dominique had disappeared into a room ahead. He hurried to catch up, just about getting to the door he thought they went through as it closed. There were no glass walls to this room, but there was a glass door, allowing him to see that the two were stood in front of a table with a giant computer screen, broadcasting some information on the back of the room wall. He wondered if he should barge in and make a ruckus and be like, hey, I'm here. He had been told not to open any doors by himself, so he stood there and then decided that standing there wasn't particularly the greatest idea. 
The computer room, with many computers, hummed away as Nico softly opened the door and slid inside, then carefully made sure that the door was shut and didn't make any noise. Drawing attention to himself and opening doors for himself was probably a bad idea, and since he went unnoticed in his effort, he breathed a sigh of relief. Okay, Lucky, let's get to work. What is the Particle Corporation up to? Um, we need to know if they are doing some sort of research centered around using time as an energy. There was a lot of clicking of keys on keyboards that then subsided a minute or two later. The large screen in the front of the room pulled up a black box which scrolled down information. It looked like lines of code to Nico, but he wasn't entirely sure since he wasn't a coder. And a pop-up box interrupted the view, but was quickly moved to the side. Our systems say it will take about four days to get past the first layer of defense. Rough estimate. Good, that is fair. We also need to know about a Hunter Lewis. And what he is up to under the same search criteria, if you could. If it helps, we can use my backdoor past his information, but I would rather not do that. This was met with more keyboard clicks and clacks. More boxes appeared on the screen before them. Without a way in, two days to get past the base layer, defenses of his computer mainframe system. Mr. Lewis's stuff will be much harder to crack after that. Mm, yes, well, we are only poking about right now for clues, so no need to rush, rush things, but uh, poke about a bit if you could. Um, and to add to your research, I also need to find a Victor Hightower. He operates uh, investment funds and such for people. This time, just the basics will do, if you can find him, please. The screen in front of them had a few more boxes appear and disappear before their eyes. Nico listened for the usual noise of keys being pressed and tapped on, but this time they didn't seem to cause as much of a racket. He wondered what changed, but kept to himself. He had been yelled at and looked at very sternly by Dominique and this Donard. The man exists and operates the Gold Star Fund. Out of the islands known as Destination, uh, you have a connection with him in that he works a fund which gives you some of your wealth, sir. Is there anything else? No, for now concentrate on the other two, will you? Donard had abruptly about first and marched out of the room without waiting for the butler to open the door for him. Dominique had only just turned around to see this, and she looked shocked and curious about this move and glanced over to Nico, who shrugged. After you, lady of mystery, and this man of mystery. She shook her head at him and headed for the door. Nico was intent to stay there, though, and stare at the screen which had resumed its, its scroll of fast-moving text. He would not, however, get much of a chance to keep watching it, though, as Dummy grabbed him by the arm and began dragging him towards the door. The tug wasn't insistent, which puzzled him. He wanted answers as to what to fear next, of course, and that was potentially right here. He didn't need to go visit or go see Donard, did he? She said he wasn't to talk unless talked to, and why was he here? Had she really needed him for this trip? 
Donard was out in the hallway, where he was paused for a second, but then began pacing a bit back and forth, looking rather thoughtful, lost in whatever it was he was thinking about. The man's gaze seemed to be glued to the ground, and Dominique had pulled Nico out of the room and in front of the man, waiting for something to happen. Why don't I know about this man that I should know? He operates a fund for me, and I make money off of him, so why would I not know him? It also doesn't solve the problem we have. Donard snapped back to life, realizing that Dominique was there and looked rather annoyed at her. Yes, well, hacking takes time, unless you do an all-out assault on a system. Doing that, though, is mostly good for taking systems offline, not for getting information, since everything may go down if you do that. Plus, if anyone is paying attention, it draws extra attention, which is not what you want. So, are we to idly sit by and wait for you, then? No, no. I have a job I need you to do for me, and your worker, if the, if you're up to it. Actually, it's a bit complicated, but um, I think you'll understand in a second. A job meant to distract us from this. What exactly do you have in mind for this little job, and why aren't you assigning it to your little workforce? Well, for one thing, it involves her. And she does put up with you, along with her other tastes in things. Dominique was shaking her head now, and began to walk, looking like she was going to go past Dollard. Well, you could send in your worker there, the one next to you. She doesn't know him, and, you know, maybe she won't bite his head off. He is too valuable of a resource to waste on her. What do you need from her? I don't need anything. Well, I need her, but uh, we both need her, I think, because she can offer protection from potentially Particle Corp or Lewis, should they decide that you are of value and that they want to either use you or get you out of the way. She slowed to a stop and glanced back at Nico, who was blinking along, trying to keep up with what was going on. He wasn't simple by any means, but keeping up with this conversation was making him feel slightly that way. It would be nice if people didn't talk as if he wasn't there. There is no guarantee that she will like him. Well, he has as good a chance as anyone I know, perhaps better. He looks decent enough. <sighs> yes, he does have a bit of a bad boy thing going on, plus a bit of a soft side as well. Nico tried to hide his annoyance at being called a bad boy. It sounded wrong, mostly because his mind translated it more to a sexual thing than just as a looks thing. He also couldn't deny that he had done bad things before, like theft, so potentially bad boy, but not bad boy. What are you two exactly talking about? A Miss Temple Scott, a fanatical woman who has been through a world of pain and knows in and out, ins and outs of protecting people from such things. Ah, uh, yes, she is a little off. Dominique, you say that after all we've seen lately? You don't think we appear to be off to your friend Donard here? No, I don't think we do appear off to him. She's right, you know. Seen aliens, been aboard one of their spaceships, talked to them too. Seen lots of weird shit, time acting up, that's a fraction of a problem for me. To Nico, the news was surprising. Not that aliens had come and visited, but that the rich seemed to have a direct line to those otherworldly creatures. 
He changed his line of thought since that attempt had floundered so hard in his mind. The stares of both of them made it hard to concentrate on his own thoughts, though, as they were looking very intently at him. But you said it was for a job that we should go seek her out? What's the job? Yes, now that you dragged me into this, I, you need protection, and I need protection as well. But I can't exactly leave here, and I don't exactly get along with her very well. How bad does a person have to be that two people who have, I assume, plenty of money and power, and I am assuming that last bit, don't want to go talk to her? It's pretty bad, Nico. He threw up his hands at this. No answers. None. He gave them a chance to say something about this person, and they avoided it. Why? Well, you two can have fun and go talk to her. Then. I'm not doing it. He moved in a hurried step back the way they'd come. There would be no stopping. If he got caught by these two, they would definitely force him to go see this whoever it was. What was her name again? He was frustrated that he'd already forgotten it, and cursed himself for, for forgetting that name. A simple thing, yet somehow it hadn't stuck to him. He was past them in a second, and neither moved to stop him, which he was thankful for, but it also set warning alarms off in his mind. Rich people and easy things. Eh. You don't have a choice, Nico. He kept walking towards the stairs, the thought going through his mind that he did too have a choice. He knew that choice was simply going to be the one chosen for him by these people, but he had a slight chance of not going in that direction. Having stalked his way back out onto the driveway, he took in a deep breath of air and studied his surroundings. The limo they'd come in on sat in front of him. The door was already open, and the driver was beside the door, looking like he wanted for Nico to go inside. And this was not liked by Nico, who glowered at the driver. The sound of Dominique and Donard talking came from the barn. He wouldn't have time to run away now that they were almost caught up to him, and he sighed, waiting for them to emerge. Donard came out first, took one look at him and nodded, and then moved on towards the house. He watched him go and failed to notice that Dominique had come up right beside him. Well, shall we go visit a crazy lady? Well, shall we go visit the crazed lady? No. You have somewhere else you want to go. No. You asked a question and I answered it truthfully. Oh, I see. Being a smartass then. I should have expected that since you don't want to go. Well, why, by the way, don't you want to go meet a person who could potentially protect both of us? She had walked over towards the open limo door, looking over her shoulder for his answer. I think it has something to do with not being consulted and just being told what to do. Ah, well, you will get used to it. I'm sure you already are used to it since you didn't run away. Life tends to be all about doing what people tell you to do. This is a bit different. Is it? Ah, well, get in. She slipped into the limo, leaving just him and the driver. Nico sighed as the driver was glaring at him now. The man obviously wanted to get underway as soon as possible, but there was little urging Nico on. And what do you think, driver, since you seem to have an opinion on me not getting in the vehicle right away? Since I'm getting paid, I'll get in the car and hurry along. 
And there is another problem I haven't dealt with. Other than Miss Dominique saying she'd cover expenses and helping out by paying money to my family, I don't really get much out of this. Well, Nico, nobody cares what you get out of this right now. You're not here for research or to discover how the world works. Neither of us are, really. We're only pawns in this bigger thing. Now please do get in. There was little to be happy about lately, and perhaps even less that would make Nico happy. All he could do, really, was shake his head and get into the limo. Trying to walk away now would seem like a long and bumbling walk, and it didn't seem like there would be an easy way off of this ranch, horse, farm, place. And so he went over to the limo and scooted inside, with the door slammed shut after him. The limo left quietly once Nico had gotten inside, and he drove through the night, and at some point he'd fallen asleep, and was only awoken by Dominique pushing on his arm. The glance outside of the window told him that they were at some sort of motel in a dusty, deserty area. It was very dirty, and a very weird-looking place that called itself the Sloth Motel. It had a very dirty, run-down appearance, with bullet holes and half-fallen-over buildings, and it just seemed like the last place anyone would ever want to stay. Uh, the crazy lady lives here? She owns the place. Oh, okay. So, I'm getting sent in to talk to... Miss Temple Scott. She should be at the checkout counter. And what am I to say to her, since I'm guessing you won't be coming along to help me out? And how will I know that uh, this is the person I need to talk to? Well, she, uh, Miss Temple, is a strawberry blonde-haired woman, unless she changed her hair color. And usually, you will get the stink eye from her the second you step into her domain. And she might give off some feelings of watching you. That's how you know it's her. She's probably watching us from her security cameras right now. As for what to say, start with hello and say you have a job for her that requires protection of three people. That should do it. He nodded and sighed as he reached for the door handle. It was sensible and simple, but he doubted it would go that way. Stepping out of the car, he stretched for a second and then closed the door. The empty parking lot in the rundown building gave him little and a lot to look at. There was lots of destruction to this place, but it wasn't nice to look at. So he turned his attention to the section that jutted away from the motel slightly. The vacancy sign glowed from the interior of this reception check-in, as the glass walls in there showed the check-in and check-out desk as he approached it. The place gave him the creeps, and he was looking for any signs of this lady so that he would know he was in the right spot. She did not appear to be inside, and he glanced worriedly back at the limo, which sat there silently, not doing anything. Then he reached for the door handle so he could enter the office, and he jumped as he turned to look at the door again, and now saw a woman standing at the desk. There was certainly a sting eye coming from her as he tried to settle his nerves. Is that her? Jeez. Talk about trying to scare people away by any means possible. He reached for the door handle again, and met her eyes, trying to stare back defiantly as he dared. 
A tug on the door did get it open, but it did not go easily. It sounded like metal scraping on metal, where rust now claimed itself to be home. He'd gotten it half open before calling inside. Hello, are you Miss Temple Scott? I was told to come to you for help. He stepped inside as he got the door fully open. The full gaze of the woman that wavered between a glare and a slightly not-so-hostile look kept on him as he stepped in. He glanced around the place. It was a clean space, well taken care of, but still felt a bit streaked in grime to keep things that slight bit unwelcoming. So, as I said, he approached the counter which she was behind. There was an angry air to her which might have come from the frizzy ends of her hair. Whatever it was, she seemed like a no-nonsense person who wasn't about to say anything at all. I'm here seeking protection for myself and two others. I was referred to you by uh, a Miss Dominique who is out in the limo, and there is another one who is on a horse farm, uh, maybe a couple hours from here, maybe more. He's called Donard. He paused and waited for a response, which he didn't expect to come, but he was still hoping would come. She didn't seem to move an inch, though he could tell her eyes were studying him up and down. Every inch. It was like she was trying to peer into his soul or something beyond his soul. I mean, I mean if you don't want to protect us uh, uh, from three potential threats, that's fine, I guess. But, you know, a response would be uh, nice. Still nothing. He felt like something was that bit off and squinted his eyes, looking over this person in front of him. This lady in front of him was off in some manner, and he tried to lock down exactly what it was that was bothering him. He realized, after a minute of staring, that it was a lifelike doll, and he only got to that idea because there was no movement from the chest or the sound of breathing coming from it. Miss Temple Scott, your doll guard has failed to keep me away. I know it's a doll. To this, there was a mechanical whine of noise and the figure of a woman, who he figured was a doll, began to sink quickly below the counter. It was soon gone from sight, and replaced by a similar-looking woman, but very much breathing and leaning on a doorway framed to an office behind the front desk. The heavy glare was gone, which made him worry. Well, who are these three parties who want you? He looked over at her dubiously. She seemed to be wearing a mix of clothing, as her pants were business suit sort of pants, and she wore a camouflage military jacket, which barely hid the black shirt under it, and the holster-looking thing that poked out of it. She did not seem like she could be trusted, but he also didn't have much of a choice, did he? A. Lewis Hunter and the, the Particle Corporation, or whatever their full name was, or whatever their front-facing name is? Uh, I don't know what it was. And uh, finally, a Victor Hightower. What do I get paid for doing this job? Nico shrugged and then pointed a thumb out towards the limo. You would have to ask uh, either Miss Dominique out in the limo or Mr. Donard. I'm simply a messenger who got sent in because you scare everyone. A snort of a laugh came from Temple, and she pulled herself off the doorframe and began purposefully walking to get around the check-in desk. 
Nico could now clearly see the gun in the holster hidden behind her jacket, then corrected himself. It wasn't hidden, and she seemed to want people to notice the gun, so it was definitely not hidden. With this Miss Temple leading the way, they charged over towards the limo, and Dominique had gotten out of the car well before Temple had reached her, and was leaning against the side of it as she waited. Temple, if she recognized Dominique or not, did not slow a step as they approached. The two women eventually would stand right in front of one another and look each other up and down. Your fashion sense is still terrible, Dominique. And you, Miss Temple, still have poor taste in useless pistols that jam at every other shot, I see. Who is the fool that you've brought along? This woman pointed her thumb back towards Nico, who darted a glance towards Dominique, whose eyes greeted his, and she smiled at the thought. Well, I know him simply as Nico Wrath, and he is at the center of an interesting situation. They were now both looking at him, and he wasn't sure if he liked that. It felt as if they were devouring him with their eyes, like he was something they could eat. He wondered if he could make it clear as possible that he was not a piece of food without coming across as odd. He doubted that and remained silent, trying to look back at them defiantly. Well, what do you mean by that? Dominique ran down an abbreviated rundown of events, cutting out bits and pieces for Temple before finally coming to a stop on the threats to them. Temple had not stopped staring at him as she took all of this in. We need your help. Are you sure that they are after him and you, Dominique? They might not even know you exist. We don't know yet, and we've been trying to find that out. But when you can control something like time and use it as an energy, someone is going to want to grab a hold of that, so we're going to want to jump in front of getting protected before we are found. There will definitely be someone who knows, sooner or later. One of my co-workers during the, the theft of time did potentially get away with a time-capturing device. Dominique reddened and looked annoyed as Temple glanced over at her, amused. Well, well, even the May Dominique has things get away from her and the plans not going according to her wishes. How interesting. You could also say that the whole situation hasn't gone to her plans. The comment earned him a dirty look from Dominique, who was none too pleased he was butting in once again. Can you offer us protection or not, Temple? Well, what's in it for me? Dominique decided to point towards Nico. You can have him for a few days. A sacrifice, and one you'd want back. Well, he's semi-useful and manages to survive odd situations. You can't give that sort of thing away forever. And, of course, there's the money as well. Nico had enough of this and turned to look for the road. It was a good time to begin walking away from this whole situation, whatever this was, even if he needed protection. Ah, uh, it seems like your latest conquest is running off away from us, Dominique. He began stepping as fast as he could towards a nearby road. He's not a conquest, just a useful foot soldier trying to help me discover why time and energy go together. Nico whirled about at this. Useful foot soldier? Dis discovering why time and energy go hand in hand off into the sunset? Didn't she say they were just pawns? What? Was, was he thought so little of? What do you even think of me? 
His voice, however, was drowned out by a loud thump, thump, thump of helicopter blades chewing their way through the air. It grew louder and louder a few seconds later as the chopper suddenly flashed overhead, then banked sharply as spotlight flickered down on them. The fact that it was morning seemed to make little difference as it shone brightly onto them, blinding them. This is the police. Freeze where you are, and you will not be harmed. I repeat, do not move. Either they're idiots, or they're borrowing helicopters from Particle Corp, since I definitely saw the sign of the Rose Particle Emblem on the side of their chopper. Oh, you do bring the fun with you, don't you, Dominique? Oh, shut it, Temple. You deal with worse every other week when you are working. Of course I deal with worse, but that's my line of work. It's generally not brought to me. Your line of work is to get people to work with you. This, she signaled towards the helicopter, is not getting people to work with you. Even under the heavy noise of the whirling blades, Nico picked up on the sound of a door opening and glanced towards the car to see that their driver had gone out and joined them in the staring contest up at this copter. How was I to know that the stupid corporation wanted to work with me? They've never approached me once about that. This is your last warning. Stay still until our police department arrives. This was followed by a whirring noise, a sound one might closely associate with a minigun of some sort if one knew the sound. It took a few seconds before Nico's mind collected that thought, though, and by that time, Temple already had her own gun out and aimed it at the hovering chopper. They think they can shoot up my place? Nico glanced back towards the rundown motel. Was this place that important to her? I see you refuse to cooperate. Very well... The whir and whirl of noise grew louder and then was followed by a flash of light from the copter, but it was only barely visible as the spotlight glared down on them still. The sound of something smashing against the metal roof of the limo greeted them, and they all decided that being right there, as this helicopter destroyed the limo, was not the best idea. Nico at first headed towards the motel rooms, but they weren't in the best shape and realized that the distance was a bit too great to get to them, and if that gun decided to aim at him, he would not have an easy time of getting anywhere. He then turned his aim more towards the office reception area. All four of them piled into this reception desk area, with Temple waving at them to keep low and head around back behind the desk. This, as glass and wood began exploding, as the rounds made their way through this area. But all above them, thankfully. Each of them was crawling on their hands and knees, reflectively freezing up as fragments of glass and wood came down all around them. And then it fell quiet for a second. Come on, no time to waste. They do not seem to care where they aim, or really to aim at all. The crawling continued and kept going past the desk towards the office behind it. Nico kept trying to get closer to the ground as he was the last in line and figured he would not have any luck should anything happen. There were, however, no further bursts of rounds, though the thumping of the helicopter blades continued to beat at the air out there. When they were all in the office, Temple jumped up and slammed the door shut, throwing the lock on it. Well, that should give them a little surprise to deal with. Nico felt foolish on his hands and knees, while the driver and Dominique were sort of sitting up, and Temple was standing up. 
The door was wood, after all, and it would not protect him. So he eyed at it to see what was up with it. Temple caught his look. Reinforced with metal woven through it. If they destroy the wood, the metal remains, and they have to pull down the wall to get beyond. That or cut it with a blowtorch. It's not designed to stop them completely, but rather buy us some time. You can get up, by the way. The metal woven into the wood should be bulletproof for the most part. She had strolled over to a bookcase against the wall and gave it a kick. It came away, swinging open to reveal a dark passageway beyond it. As if this couldn't get any crazier, Nico shook his head as he felt Dominique's hand trying to pull him up to standing. He let her help him up as the driver and Temple went into this dark space. You trust this? Yes and no, but mostly yes, since there's little choice in this second. She pulled him towards the passageway. The space was rather large inside, and it took a second for Nico's eyes to adjust and realize that they'd walked past Temple. He turned to see her closing the secret door. You do know that isn't going to stop them, right? The room was passed into a sudden darkness when the door clicked shut, and then a few dim lights above them blinked on. Temple was now right beside him. You cannot stop people who want to get at you, unless you've exhausted them of all of their resources. And considering that you're going against the Particle Corporation, that's not a task you can do. We have to run them out of energy. So right now, we are buying a few minutes of time at every interlude, per se. But we need to keep moving, so keep moving so we don't waste our time. And so that we don't waste the time that we've gained trying to stop them. She was past him and Dominique, and began rapidly walking away. The idea of going back, the way they came, didn't sound particularly sound to Nico's mind. So, with a tired sigh, he turned and began following the other two as they were going down this straight passageway, which kept going straight for a few minutes, before coming to a stop at two doors. One was on the left, and one was on the right. Temple pushed the driver and Dominique through the right door, and him through the left before joining him. He looked back at Temple, who was closing this door behind them, as he stumbled down a set of stairs. Um, do I get an explanation for what's going on, or do I get yelled at again? I built a maze with lots of ups and downs and roundabouts in my former motel. It's all to create confusion as people chase after us and slow them down. There was, he noted, a bit of exasperation in her voice as he and her kept going. His legs were more worried about staying on the stairs as he went down them than his mind, which was trying to come up with something to say. So are we delaying them by splitting us up? Sort of, yes. The deeper we go in this place, the better off it will be for all of us. I had this entire motel turned into a sort of fun maze to lose people should they ever try and attack me. He wanted to know why people might attack her, but then reminded himself that both Donard and Dominique called Temple a bit of a crazed lady. The stairs were now at an abrupt end, in a short, and in a short step or two had them headed upwards, but only for a few steps, before leveling out for a little while. The hallway then came to an abrupt Y split after a few more steps. Go to the right and keep going. Don't worry, we'll eventually see one another once again. She was past him in a second, leaving him slowly looking around. He looked back behind them to see if there was anything there. 
There was this calmness all around him versus his own heart racing hard enough for him to feel it. He wanted to stop and think, but the memory of the chain gun kept blazing away at the office reception gave him a reason to keep moving. But should he follow her instructions or no? Going against an order would be fun for a couple of minutes until he ran into somebody, and namely that would probably be Temple and she would yell at him. He didn't like getting yelled at, and since everyone said she was crazy, although he hadn't seen that so far in her other than this place having been built under a motel. But was it worth the risk or not? He decided it was not, and went to his rights. His fast walk continued through the maze of up and down and twists and turns, but surprisingly no alternative routes appeared in front of him now. It was just on and on. Nico's stomach began to sink the further he went, as he wasn't sure he was headed in one direction or, or where he was going anymore, or if they would lose anyone. He was also fearing that this hallway was going to come to a dead end, and had slowed down to keep an eye out for anywhere he might be able to go off to. In doing this, though, he failed to pay any attention to the changing cool air or the slippery ground at his feet. The ground had begun to pitch downward in a slide-like fashion, and as he kept going, his feet decided they no longer wanted to stay under him. He found himself on a slick surface that he was now going along, with smooth walls that would not allow him to grasp at it, spit down at an angle, and pushed along by this rapidly dropping away slide. He called it a slide in his mind, because he wasn't sure if it was a floor or, well, what it was, but it felt like a slide, so it was a slide. And what lights were above him showed a metal-like surface, but it wasn't giving him much time to really take in what was going on, as they were going at such a rapid pace. And anyway, things seemed to be changing up ahead, which he worried was for the worse. He was right. The slide came to an end and spit him out onto a graded metal hallway, with one that looked to be a small little waterway under it. Nico bounced a few times on this walkway, his butt catching the hard metal edges a few times, before he managed to come to a stop. Once he was stopped, he began looking about, and realized that the driver from the limo was standing not far away from him, rubbing his own butt. A further look about the place told him that the only way to go was straight forward on this walkway. Are you okay? The driver looked up surprised and reached for something in his pocket, but stopped when he saw that it was only Nico. Oh, you. Do you know what's going on? Aside from the fact that we're running from our lives from an organization who has decided to use guns against us, I thought that part was obvious. It is, it is, but this place... The driver waved his hand about the hallway they were in, and Nico took another look around. It looked like much he'd seen before, except now there was a graded metal walkway he was on, and there was water below. Uh, well, um, Temple told me it was a maze space designed to slow any followers down. We won't lose them until we probably get out of here, so if you wish to stay, by all means, do so. He had gotten up and decided to check over his legs and butt as best he could for any rips in his pants or see if he was bleeding in any spots. His legs hurt in places, but it wasn't so bad, and with no holes in his pants and not wanting to wait around, he began a quick walk to shake out his legs along the way. 
This new hallway that he found himself in did not last long, as it twisted 90 degrees, and then became a little hallway that was solid cement all around until it came to a left turn, which he followed, and it once again was another hallway that had just dim lamps above him leading the way, and it didn't take long before he found himself greeted by a doorway. It didn't have any kind of handle, so he decided to push at it, swinging it inward. Nico found himself stumbling into a room filled with cars and what looked to be garage doors. Dominique and Temple were in there and working on something in separate vehicles. He came over, his eyes searching to know what was going on. The sound of the door flapping about did make him glance over to see that the driver was coming in. Neither of the ladies were paying attention to them as he walked closer to Dominique trying to figure out what was going on or what to say to catch her attention as she leaned into the engine bay of the car she was working on. Uh, Miss Dominique? She looked up and then handed something over. He took it. As she went back down to grab something else. A second later, she was back up with what appeared to be an alternator, if he had to guess. This one is finished. That just leaves this other one. Are you disabling cars? Yes, it's all about creating as much confusion to buy as time as possible. I did point that out, right? One car obviously missing, the rest are disabled, and one of the garage doors is opened. What will our chasers think? That we left. Yes, uh, driver. Um, now the fact that one car has always been missing is just between the lot of us. But for now, you two need to go hide. We will catch up in a second. Where? Temple pointed towards the wall, and they went in that direction. It was just a plain old wall, cement, nothing special about it, nothing remarkable. But Nico figured that it was probably a secret passageway of some sort. So he stepped up to this wall that she pointed towards, and was ready for something to happen. Though, as he glanced downward at the cement floor, it felt like it had some give to it. It wasn't solid. It was disturbing. And he merely looked over at Temple and then Dominique. Why is nothing simple here? Simple gets people caught sometimes. Complex gets people caught as well. Confusion reigns supreme. Temple came over towards them, and then reached down for something on the floor, which she slid open to the side. It did not just drop them below, which Nico was grateful for. But at the same time, he had to go down another slide? He wondered where his next stop was going to be, as he found himself sliding downwards. They slid to a stop after a bit of a journey, down into a squat small room with a wall that was almost upon them by the time they stopped moving. Temple and Dominique would join him and the driver a minute later, with Temple already jumping to her feet as she got off of the slide and headed towards the door across from the wall in front of them. Nico wondered why this small room needed to be a small room, but the second Temple went over towards a door at the far end of the room and opened it, he found out why. They were now in some sewers. We have to hide and move in here if we are to escape the Particle Corp. They might decide to level this place, so we must keep moving and we must hide. We don't know what they're up to. Despite saying that they would have to hide in there, Temple kept them moving, sloshing through shallow water that smelled. 
It was not a pretty smell, and he did his best to keep himself from gagging, and not successfully. Silently, though, they kept following Temple, who made her way through this place, seemingly knowing where she was going. The twisted path cut across several intersecting tunnels, left and then right or right and then left, or whichever way they needed to go, until they found a small ladder on the side of the wall, led upwards to a small door hatchway in the side of the tunnel. Temple scrambled up and then got the door open for them. They found themselves in another passageway, and Temple had put her hand to her lips. She then pointed upward, where the sound of a busy little town was going on, and filtered in from above. There they saw metal vented grates above them, shining in some afternoon light down here. Temple and Dominique had already started moving, as quietly as their feet would take them, down this new passageway tunnel, where a ladder stood at the end. This fresh air was nice and made Nico pause for a second, which was a moment too long since the driver pushed past them to on his way to get out. Nico found himself worrying at what would be at the end of this place as he too finally got moving. So far, it had been a lot of running around instead of hiding. Would they be far enough away from the corporation that wanted them? The three before him had already clambered up this ladder by the time he got to it and set his own hand onto the first rung he could grasp. It was sticky with a cool dampness that made him uncomfortable as he grasped it. He worried that his grip would slip, but he climbed as best he could, and his grip remained steady. He would pop out of a manhole space into a back alleyway, which was just a ways away from the road nearby. It was a little dirty back here, where some trash was hanging out between two buildings that squeezed the alleyway, but other than that, there was little of interest. A few doors, but eh, nothing else. Will you get out of there already? Someone will notice us, and that will be the end of this new plan. He glanced up to his right to see Temple holding the cover of the manhole quite easily in her hand. Nico decided to scramble out, just in case she decided to hit him in the head with it. There was a doubt in his mind that it was actually heavy or made of metal, but on the balance of things, testing out that theory did not seem sound. Once out of the hole, he stood up and looked for signs of the other two as Temple quickly placed the cover in its hole with a clang. This is all part of your plan? Yes, as odd as it sounds. Unfortunately, it is my second time using this plan, so it will have to be the last time for it. You've done this before? How in the world has it not been reported upon all over the news? You'd think gunfights at a motel would be uh, top, top of the news cycle. Yes, well, it seems that unless the gunfights are very big ones and involve someone recording them, or government stupidly announcing that they've gotten into a fight, or your opposition trying to make the other side look bad, that such gun violence is seen as an everyday or monthly accepted thing that no one will pay attention to. Unless it is really that terrible. Yes, and no one is going to pay attention to a rundown motel. That's a ways away. It makes no sense to waste energy on it. Now, can we go? This is madness. She nodded as they moved away from the road, towards the back of one of the buildings, where the alleyway was squeezed and things were a little dirtier with trash cans and other thrown away items. Mostly, it seemed like things that were trying to be forgotten about. Temple had gone over towards a door to the building on the right and knocked on it a few times. 
A quick rap of successions sounded like it meant to mean something. But it also could be that she was just knocking. Nico wasn't sure which it was anymore, and his mind was swirling about with plenty of ideas of which way it might go. He wasn't sure, and the door was swinging open with a man appearing. He didn't think he would have time to think much more about that. Oh, hey, Temp. I wondered why Dominic was knocking on the back door with some stranger beside her. Nico eyed the man who seemed to fill the doorway in front of them. At least, that was until the man got out of the way and let them in. The smell of perfume and exotic racy-looking clothing on some nearby hangers that Nico figured belonged to a strip club came into his view as he entered. And here we will hide for a little while. Thank you for everything, Bart. The man or the guard, whichever he was, nodded and disappeared, despite being such a big man. You've been saying that we would hide somewhere for a while. Yes, and this is the place where we will be hiding, for a few minutes at least. And no one thinks to look at the back of strip clubs, so we have that going for us. Plus, it has some amenities to get us clean, but it is only for a little while. So, if you want to get cleaned up, I do suggest you hurry up. She pointed off towards the back of this changing room area, where some showers appeared to be. He began walking towards it, thinking about what was going to come next. End of Part 4 of A Thieves' Nightmare Thank you for listening.